time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a snowy Wednesday. Paul has braved the elements, although maybe it wasn't even snowing when you came. Maybe no. I'm giving you too much credit. Yeah, you are. You are. You give me far too much credit. You I don't know what I'm going to do on now. A, on a normal, chilly winter's day, well, and I, you're trapped. I knew it was going to snow. Um, I knew it was going to snow heavily. I didn't mm. realise it would be like a blizzard outside right now. Yeah, and I think they keep on changing the weather forecasts. Even yesterday, I saw it was coming from about midday-ish. And then this morning I saw they said maybe even from 9am and it seems pretty much around that time it started to come down. Uh, yeah, pretty much. We'll have to see how it goes. I think Seoul is not going to get the worst of it. Mm. It's as it heads down the peninsula because it's oh. coming in over the Yellow Sea. I see. So uh, we will have to wait and see what it's like. But certainly today is a good day to make a snowman or a snow duck or a snow anything. Absolutely. Do you want to build a snowman with me, Paul? No. No, probably not. Uh, Silver Granny asking, and I did see this on your social media and I wanted to ask about it. Is there any of your wife's hedgehog bread left? What is that hedgehog bread by the way? It's just a loaf of bread my wife made and you know you put little slits or cuts in it mm-hmm. and she she cut it and it turned into spikes <laughs> when it went to the oven. It looked, so it looked really like a hedgehog. Cool. It looked very dense as well. Is it like some whole grain or something it's like that? It's half wholemeal flour half uh, white flour. Ooh. It was dense but we, but I made a, a vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. So really thick sort of mm, creamy lovely rich vegetable soup with chunky bread and butter. It was wow. really good. And it's all gone. Of course. Okay. Sorry, Lynn, and sorry to my stomach. There's none left for us. Not going to bring it in for you. (laughs) Sarah has sent this in from Ireland and was asking about this book that she bought, The Power of Nunchi by Uni Hong. And I think her question to us, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to hand it over to you. Sure. Is can you explain what is this? What is nunchi? How do you pronounce this as well? Because it's N U N C H I on the the title. Yeah, of it's not nunchi. It's <laughs> no. like I would pre- I would spell it N double O N C H I nunchi. And nunchi is something that we don't have a direct translation for in English. It's basically it's like a sixth sense, uh-huh. like a gut feeling or a hunch. For example, if I walk into the studio. And Peter's not being as chatty as he normally would be. Mm-hmm. I thinking, okay, something's up. Yeah. Should I ask him about it? Well, he's looking a bit grumpy, so maybe <sighs> I shouldn't. I'll just be nice to him, mm-hmm. and then if he wants to talk to me, then he'll talk to me. That's an example of nunchi. Yeah. Or for example, your boss is at work and he hasn't left yet, mm-hmm. and it's past <laughs> your leaving time. Yeah. But because your boss hasn't left, you're thinking. I can't leave work yet, can I? Yeah. I can only leave when the boss leaves. That is nunchi. <laughs> it's having that that sort of power of observation, of reading the room, of knowing what's going on, but there's no mm-hmm. direct translation for it. Um, that book, The Power of Nunchi, is very interesting. You've read it. I have read it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one thing it doesn't cover is the negative aspects of Nunchi. Mm. It just co- it covers positive aspects, but I would say it's much more than that. Oh, There yes. are deeper levels of Nunchi to explore. Yeah, we did talk about that. I think it was with David on a Monday, you know, and there are many negative aspects where you're kind of always worried about what someone else thinks or feels. Yeah. Like the boss situation, that's not a positive thing to no. be hanging around the office till like 9pm and things like that. It is changing here in Korea, but there's definitely more uh, nuanced uh, aspects to Nunchi. Sarah did say she enjoyed it. We haven't done it on the show. I'm not sure if we will cover it, but thank uh, no, you for I, your focus. I don't think we will be covering it. We, we focus more on fiction and poetry. Indeedy. So, a good segue into today's tome. What are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at a really interesting little sci-fi short story. Oh. It's a curious tale of childcare set a little further in the future. It's called Danny, or in Korean, Denny. Um, it's by <laughs> Yoon Lee Hyung, and it's translated by Jun Sung Hee. Oh. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting book. It's one of those bilingual editions by Asia Publishers, so you nice. get the Korean as well as the English. Quite a short one. Uh, relatively short. Uh, you can read it in an hour or so, mm-hmm. and you get to meet Danny, who's not quite what or who he seems. Oh. He's not. He's not dangerous. Okay, but he is a little curious, and it's to do with childcare as well. Yes, that's an interesting aspect, isn't it? Uh, have we featured the author before? I don't recognise the name. Uh, no, we haven't. Yuni Hyung. It's our first time featuring her. She was born in Seoul in 1976, uh, majored in English literature at Yonsei University, and uh, went into the film industry. Oh, um, not straight into literature, uh, but then she started writing fiction in the early 2000s. thousands uh, she'd always been interested in science fiction and fantasy and that sort of stuff lord of the rings and harry potter nice and uh so she went into that kind of genre fiction and she won the jungang new writer award in 2005 for her novel black starfish oh. and she's published a lot she's published four short story collections three novels as well as having numerous short stories published in all sorts of other anthologies mm-hmm. Sadly, we've only got two translations available in English, this and another short story called Bloody Sunday, but at least we have some yes, of her work. absolutely, and hopefully we can feature another one if we like what we hear today. Uh, the translator we have featured before a few times, right? Many times. <laughs> um, we haven't featured her since last May. I think oh, that was the last time we wow. featured her with the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, but all sorts of short stories, especially with the Asia Publisher um, series of short stories, yep. Kong's Garden, Spring Night, Traversing Afternoon, Hager Snowflowers, Convalescence, Spring Spring, Poor Man's Wife. Those are just a few of the books we've looked <laughs> of hers. Um, she's an amazing translator. Uh, she was a fellow at the Korean Institute at Harvard University. She's got PhDs from both Harvard and SNU. Wow. <laughs> um, and she's based in Boston and Seoul and lectures at Boston College. And she's translated over 20 works from Korean to English. Um, and she's also translated from English to Korean. And mm. uh, she's wonderful and uh, she's prolific. And uh, it's always worth checking out her translations. Yeah, the book that we maybe want to do in the future that we previewed a few times, it's out, isn't it? The President Kim Dae-jung autobiography. Yeah, we haven't, still haven't looked at no, that. No, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is today's tale. As ever, you can find ways to maybe purchase it. In some cases, it's free online as well. Uh, not this time. Not this time. 
fine. Uh, and we've got three readings coming up for you, including towards the end of the book. So if you don't want a spoiler, do tune out for the third and final reading just for a few seconds. Uh, where do we start? Set the scene for us. Uh, well, yes. Uh, and a reminder for someone who didn't quite get the, the name of the author, Yoon e h y u n g The book is called Danny. And we start off with Danny meeting the narrator. Beautiful. When I first overheard that word, I was at the playground. I was about to buckle Minu in the stroller where I'd just put him. Minu was struggling against me, turning his body, stamping his feet and shrieking. Stay still, you make it hard for me. Didn't you play enough? Let's go home now. After admonishing him like that, I stood up and I couldn't help moaning in pain. I checked to see if Minu was sitting comfortably. held the stroller handle with both hands and released the brake. It was only then that I realised that someone had said something a little while ago, and so I turned around. A young man, wearing faded yellow t-shirt, jeans and sneakers, was looking at me. When our eyes met, he smiled. Then he repeated himself as if to make sure I heard it. Beautiful, really. His skin was a little too pale and his eyes and mouth were rather large, almost awkwardly so. His dark eyes especially stood out like large black seeds that had fallen out of a giant tropical fruit I had never seen before. His curly hair looked like scales that had been taken out of a large black fish. In my heart, my sense of wariness grew to the size of a medium gaslight. Why was he smiling at me like that? Teenagers mindlessly horsing around in their adult bodies seemed harmless to me. They were unripe children, not yet full-grown human beings. But when I saw the bright smiles on the face of men in their 20s or 30s, I couldn't look straight at them for some reason. And I lost my heart from no fault of mine. Faces without wrinkles, scars or ill will. Faces that hadn't broken or collapsed. Those faces, hanging in the air like blades of light, trembled. absent-mindedly. I kept on thinking that I could observe them from afar, but shouldn't go near them, probably because I felt jealous of them. I had lost the ability to hurt others absent-mindedly. Uh, we got some messages from you guys as well. Uh, Sophie's saying, oh, it's kind of like deja vu, something that happens in life. And maybe it's got something to do with hormones starting to tingle this reading. I see where you get that from. I didn't get that feeling, though, by the end of the reading, I don't think. Yeah, no. I've got a message from Sophie here saying deja vu, just something <laughs> like that happens in life. Hormones are just starting to tingle. I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> uh, Forever Young Playlist says, I love Paul's reading voice. It calms me every time. so much talent for making words visible thank you thank you and sherry saying that was a really vivid description i could see him in my imagination oh yes it was with the uh, wrinkles without wrinkles without scars or ill will and i love the way she described teenagers there unripe children yeah that really did hit home yeah horsing around in their adult bodies i think i think sums it up really well absolutely not quite ready for things and tropical k saying did i hear him say that she considers teenagers to be children and not human beings. I don't think that's what she was saying. Just not yet full-grown human mm, beings. Not fully developed, right? Yeah, just like us. So a young man complimenting here a mother of a child 
is that Danny who's being complimented, and is this the start of some kind of love affair? Well, uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. What's uh, going one, on? One, it's not a young man. It's an android. I was saying, Danny. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ah, okay. Two, she's not a mother. She's a grandmother. Oh. And three, there is absolutely 100% no hanky-panky in this story. Oh, Got it? I would have loved a grandma <laughs> android love story. We haven't had enough of those. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'll just... I think I'm going to leave. So the narrator... End. <laughs> the narrator is the grandmother here. Yes. Okay. And she meets Danny in the playground for the first time in this excerpt. But mm-hmm. the story actually starts... Later on, oh, we start with Danny's owners, who are a married couple, being interviewed by the police about the grandmother. Oh, and the wife was the one who initiated the conversation with the grandmother through Danny, the android. Okay, to say the beautiful. Yeah, she did it because she was bored, because、oh. she has to always watch the video link of the android supervising her daughter. Ah,、oh. but it was the only time she did it. She says she swears. Mm-hmm. But that one moment, that one interaction, changes. Everything. Oh, it's kind of like one of those baby monitors that you can speak through. So she was speaking through Danny、yes. to the grandmother. Okay,、yeah. and and the grandmother is not an android. She's looking after her grandchild in the old-fashioned way. Yeah,、okay. she's sixty-nine. She's been left in charge of her daughter's son Minu. Her、mm-hmm. daughter wants to go back to work because she's in debt. So from Monday through to Friday, she takes care of him. Very little money,、uh-huh. no time to herself. Okay, it's really back-breaking work. Oh yes, looking after kids for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and so she recalls what happened, and she recalls their first conversation together.、Uh-huh. And Danny explains that he's looking after his niece,、uh-huh. and the way that he talks is a bit weird. Okay, and the little girl treats him like a servant and calls him robot. And then we flash forward to the makers of Danny. Talking about how AIs have been asking older women for money, what? And how the androids are going to need to be recalled. Are the AIs the androids like Danny? Do other people know they're AIs? Well,、right? they know they're around, and but they look like humans. They, they? look like humans,、oh, but、see. they don't necessarily behave like humans. Wow. And so, and then we flash back to the narrator, and we learn how hard life really is for her. How、mm. hard it is for a sixty-nine-year-old woman to look after a baby at her age. Yeah, and in Korea, you know, that's a common scene. I know many families, and even my mother looks after our kids maybe one evening a week. Peter. Yeah. Hashtag end. I shouldn't do that, should I? Hashtag part three. Pay her. Hashtag spoilers.、Oh. Hashtag discussion after the story. Hashtag why don't you read the script before we talk? I haven't done this mistake in a while. Though. It's been it's been a couple of months. <laughs> Let's get to our second reading then. The granny kind of talking about how it's like for her. I'm not a machine. I muttered this while sipping on a bottle of soju that I had bought from a neighbourhood store on the weekends when I was finally alone. Those times, I really did wish I were a machine. The human body is a strange thing. It puts on airs, claiming that it can only work when it's regularly provided with alone time for itself, like it claims it needs food. Although I might be just a heap of old bones covered over with a few drops of oil and several patches of skin, I felt as if I had recovered my higher being as a human being when I sat alone in my quiet room. And slowly passed soju from my cup to my throat. Sometimes I thought of the deep blue of the Han River. A senior woman whose only pastime and recreation was the angelic task of raising her grandson. 
that was the role assigned to me. Nobody knew that it was so hard for me that I couldn't help crying sometimes. Raising a baby alone was the mountain I had already climbed up and down when I was young. I belatedly realized that I could stand straight without falling down on that unpredictable wall like Joan Lee, only because I filled every minute of every day of it with things like the youthful ability to recover. The helplessly persistent and idiotic expectations of a better day. And an ironclad resolution to follow through with what I had chosen to do in my life. I didn't have these things anymore. I wasn't sure whether a life like that could be called a life, not just subsistence or survival. I had become a sort of utensil, like a spoon. I loaded the baby precariously onto my swaying body and carried it from day to night, from one day to the next. I remember the mirror attached to the dairy product display stand. My thinning grey hair was so dishevelled that I would fit the phrase, a half-dead person. Wearing my usual loose-fitting trousers and crimson spandex t-shirt, I realised I was sweating like a pig. It was then that I exchanged glances with him. He was looking at me in the mirror from a little behind. Sherry Osborne saying, pass soju from my cup to my throat. I don't know why, but I really like that line. It's yeah. a great line, yes. It really does bring it home. And so exchanging glances with him, is the him here Danny, the he, android? He is. He's sought her out. Oh. And he offers to help her. And she's like, get away. Uh-huh. And then he offers again. And another day again and another day again. And eventually she accepts his offer of friendship. What's going on with this android? So... So the woman's claiming this isn't her, right? She's just did the initial beautiful. And yeah, then... this is the android by himself. Oh, wow. And so they start talking and he starts helping her. And he's nice and he's polite. Mm -hmm. And she learns he's one of 50 androids. He's been brought over from the US by the government after there was a, a horrific disaster at a daycare centre. Oh. Where teachers set fire to the kindergarten. Goodness. Killing teachers and students. <gasps> Um, and so Danny and the others are a safe way for parents to have their children looked after. Okay. And she's still wary, but there's a moment where Danny picks up Minu, mm -hmm. her grandson, and he instinctively knows how to calm him down oh. and make him happy. Wow. It's like he knows everything. And when he plays with his supposed niece in the playground, mm -hmm. he entertains all the children. And wow. all the children are laughing and smiling. <laughs> he's singing for them. He's dancing for them. He's bringing happiness into the world. That's good. And so they start to meet up on a regular basis. And the narrator, she's like, she's amazed by him. Uh -huh. That he can bring this happiness to all these kids. Of course. And he explains, well, I just want to meet all their desires. I, and I can't do that for every child. And that's the hard part. Okay. I want to do it for everyone. And then, well, things take a turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. Her daughter decides to go on a trip to Thailand with her husband okay. and dump the baby on her. For the holiday? Yeah. Okay. But the baby gets seriously ill. Oh, no. So ill, in fact, that he has to be hospitalised. Oh, no. And so she's stuck in the hospital looking after a screaming baby who's got tubes coming out of him. Mm. And Danny comes to visit her with red bean jelly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, something she really loves. But she has a moment where she says, look, I don't want to see you again. 
Why not? Your kindness is too painful for me. Oh, dear. And then we flash forward again, and Danny's being interviewed, and we're not sure whether it's the police or by his makers. Uh-huh. And they ask him why he first approached this grandmother. Okay. And he says, well, at first I thought she was like me. I oh, thought she like was an, an android. android. Oh, wow. But then I saw her sweating, and I realised she was different. <laughs> but, but I find it easy to help, but it's hard when I can't help. Mm-hmm. But she, and he uses this particular word, she endures. Oh. She keeps going. No matter what, she keeps going through her hardships. Mm-hmm. And then we flash back to their very last conversation. Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju. 88.7 in Jeju City. 88.1 in Sogipu City. 101.9 in the Daejeong area. I wish I had a house. I wish I could live with you, Grandma. There. What nonsense. You need money to live in a house. Right? Right. How much? A million won? Two million won? I smiled. You rent, you don't buy a house. That's usually the case. You need at least ten million won to rent a house. You have to pay monthly rent too, no matter how old that house is. I see. Yeah. So, if I have ten million won, then we could live all... Together, you, Minu, and Jihi, and Danny, right? Right. So go make some money. No, you bring it, Grandma. I don't want to. Grandma, let's live together. I mimed, punching him in the forehead and laughed. Then I told him once again not to contact me. He asked me if that was what I really wanted. I said yes. He left and never contacted me. My daughter, who hadn't called me all the while, came in early that morning on the sixth day, saying that she hadn't been able to get a plane ticket. My daughter cried, and Minu finally got better and was discharged. After carefully toddling around for a while, Minu began to run around somewhat precariously, perhaps enjoying the renewed sense of power after his traumatic illness. A little while later, I received a phone call summoning me to the investigation. All this is true. But before I received a phone call, I called too. I called Danny again and again, regretting that I pretended to be so resolute and had ordered him gone, feeling that I couldn't help myself, even when I felt ashamed by my old age, which I had never felt ashamed of until then, even when I felt embarrassed at myself for my feelings which I'd believed I hadn't had. Feelings reaching out like obstinate tendrils within myself. Very intriguing. I was expecting some big finale, some big reveal of the incident. I mean, so the friendship seems over. I, I'm I'm curious personally. What's going on with this investigation? What's what's happened? Well, has he done something terribly wrong, or it was just he was approaching the grandma and that kind of thing? It's not him. Oh. It's all of the fifty androids. For uh-huh. some reason, in their programming, it's made them contact. 
older women, oh, grandmothers, to okay. ask for money. Oh, that's yeah. the common theme, not just yeah. with Danny because he wants to live together to get them to go and get money for a house. But no, but he, them... I think he really does. Oh. But there's some hitch in their logic, something that's gone on, some malfunction. Wow. And so they, they see each other one more time at the police station. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether he's been reset. Uh-huh. I don't know whether he's been wiped blank, but he's devoid of the personality she knew. Oh, no. And he just sits and he stares blankly as she talks and talks and shouts and cries. And she blames herself for his death. Ah, for the death of his personality. The, the android is still there, but it's not the same. And it's not him anymore. Oh, wow. And they had something really special. They had a connection. Mm, yeah, what, what an interesting short story that is. Lots of people giving us feedback for this as well. Uh, Kay from St. Lucia saying, It's interesting that the children treat him like a robot. I'm feeling vibes of the movie Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. Eventually the lines between being a machine and uh, being too human as well are blurred, perhaps. Yeah, it makes me think about this. Maybe this day isn't that far off, right? We may already be here and we just don't know. (laughs) There are androids surrounding us. Maybe, Peter, (laughs) there are androids everywhere. That would explain a lot. It would. (laughs) Play banana allergy monkey. Play banana allergy monkey. Play banana allergy monkey. Will be called, Paul. Uh, Why, though, is the robot's kindness too painful for her? Yeah, that's what seems to hit home for me. There's something, you know, that's tugging at her heartstrings. Yeah, and I think this comes back to what you started to talk about that we're going to talk about now, which Mm -hmm. is the pain of grandmothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, granddads too, but specifically grandmothers in Korea and the hardships they go through. Because I think a lot of grandparents love to spend time with their grandkids. Yes. I mean, except yours, because they're, well, (laughs) they're they're Geo and Ellie. They're monsters. (laughs) But generally speaking, it's a joy. Mm -hmm. However, some parents take advantage of that and take advantage of their own parents by basically hoisting their children Mm -hmm. onto them. And like in this case, where she never sees her daughter, the only time she sees her is when she drops Minu off on Monday morning and picks him up on Friday night. Wow. So the whole week, right? And I know this may happen in other cultures and in some cultures more than others, but certainly compared to my British friends, I don't see that so often. Not not to this extent. I think think grandparents everywhere have babysat, Mm -hmm. but not not actually become full-time nannies or childminders. Yeah, I know personally two or three families where it's that that case. Monday morning until Friday night, that whole time, the grandparent is being the parent, basically. Exactly. And um, I think it may have been different like 20, 30, 40 years ago when... Mm the whole family was living in one house under one roof, Mm -hmm. then that made sense. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're looking after the kid all day, the parents are still going to come home after work. Of course. But now that people are living so separately, it's just the nuclear family together, that I think it's becoming harder and harder and harder. And this story reflects the hardships. Yes, it's about Danny. Yes, it's science fiction. Mm -hmm. But at its heart, it's about the the emotional labour of Mm -hmm. the narrator. 
yeah. of the pain and the suffering she's going through because she loves her grandchild. Mm. She loves her daughter, even if at times you feel like she doesn't actually like her. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I feel that maybe Danny as well and the androids reaching out to the older woman. There's some message there. Maybe well, they're saying they should be recognized for their yeah. role. Who else is reaching out to her but this robot? Mm. Who else recognizes her enduring, recognizes yeah. her struggle? Her daughter doesn't recognize it. Her mm-hmm. son-in-law doesn't recognize it. She's alone and it's only a fellow carer who can see through you know the barriers of social expectation yeah and so maybe we do need danny maybe danny is the future and maybe if danny asks us for money we give him the money (laughs) he comes and lives with us and we live happily ever after he does a good job without the strain and you know i'm I'm sure my mum is probably listening to the show and uh is there anything you'd like to say to your mother mr bint well every friday she insists on looking after the kids and i say insists she will then on saturday morning you know show how tired she's been you know looking yeah. after them because she loves spending time with them but she's like 70 she's got her ailments and whatnot and so i will feel guilty on a saturday morning and you know she, she's interesting in terms of she's kind of this stereotypical korean grandma in that she'll let you know to feel yeah. a bit bad for giving the kids but then the next week i'll say if you're tired i'll take the kids don't you don't feel like sure. you need to but she'll be like no 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 i want to and we repeat this cycle every single week but that is the intricate complicated situation that we have and it's all based on love like they want to help their kids yeah they want to help their grandkids i think you have got yes there may be a little bit of moaning here and there but you've got a healthy relationship with your mother and she has a healthy relationship with your grandchildren but that's not the case for many people and i think this Mm -hmm. this story really highlights that difficult aspect of society where we do take older people for granted mm-hmm. um in the same way that we've come a long way in society when i was growing up oh, a housewife is a housewife yeah a mother is a mother and mm-hmm. now we now we say quite rightly that being a stay-at-home mom is a full-time job yes and yes. needs respect and needs pay in yeah. fact mm-hmm. um but being a stay-at-home grandma yeah is the same that's like maybe the next frontier <clears throat> for breaking down i feel and i would like to say a massive thank you to my mother and all grandmothers out there grandfathers as well like you said paul but here in korea still the bulk of the responsibility what you'll see at many apartment complexes is grandmother with the podegi that device that straps the kid onto the back yeah putting them to sleep like walking around for sometimes almost an hour trying to get their screaming babies to sleep hartley says and this hits home for me as well the parents treated the grandmother like an appliance and the appliance treated the grandmother like a person i'd cry too spot on i think that's a brilliant analysis wow thank you so much hartley thank you so much for this story as well paul and uh we'll see you again next wednesday but you've got some thanks to give as well thanks as always to the asia publishers for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast and thanks to yoon Young for her curious story and to johnson he for her translate translate Translate, translate, <laughs> translation. Get out. Yun E. Hyung, I suspect, could be an android trying to get this story out to the masses. Paul, have a wonderful week. I hope you stay safe in the snow. Thank you. I will. You too. Have a great week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another book. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.